Joining us on the line is our resident economist, Andrew Pyle. Andrew, great to have you. Andrew's with the uh, Pyle Group, Social Wealth Management. And Andrew, we wanted to talk today about, uh, I'm assuming there's going to be one heck of a bill to pay with all of the government's uh, reaction to COVID-19. Well, we knew there was going to be a big bill to pay, and, and you know we had seen estimates of what the federal bill would be. Because, I mean, keep in mind, the provinces also have their own bills pertaining to pand- uh, the pandemic. But last week, we had an announcement by the federal government that the, the deficit for this year could come in at $343 billion, Ouch. Uh, which is 16% of the economy would obviously be you know the largest deficit on record and in terms of the amount of debt increase we'd be talking about something that is akin to what we went through in world war ii so pretty much a blowout number and and you know economists have been predicting big numbers coming out of the second quarter 100 billion 150 200 and you know they got to the point where we thought we'd see about 250 billion but 343 billion was definitely not in the cards now, what is this going to mean out on the street? Like, I know right now the markets are very strong, but would announcement like this uh, shock people into a bit of reality? Well, I think it should do, right? We, we wrote about this last Friday, and, and it's interesting. If you look at the markets, for example, the Canadian dollar, uh, you know, the government bond market for Canada, even the Toronto Stock Exchange on Friday, like the day after this announcement, you would not have been able to tell that there had just been a blowout fiscal number announced. Um, and even Standard & Poor's, so Standard & Poor's is, is one of the major rating agencies in the world. Um, and they assign credit ratings to governments and companies based on their credit value or the credit valuations and the credit worthiness. You know, even Standard & Poor's, John, believe it or not, came out at the end of last week and said, you know, we're still going to keep Canada's AAA rating. Uh, we see this as temporary. But but here's the issue. It's really not what's happening this year. It's what happens if that deficit does not come under control in the next five years. But that's going to count on an early end to this COVID-19 and an economy that bounces right back. That's the only way that's going to get paid off. It is indeed, John, right? So it's kind of like the markets, right? The markets right now, and, you know, this morning again, the stock markets are up because people believe, you know, we're, the U.S. is coming out of this extremely quickly. I mean, Canada, I mean, on Friday, we had a jobs number. It was 952,000 jobs added. You know, that was after a 290,000 increase in May. So, you know, we are seeing really good economic indicators. But as we've talked about on this show many times, um, that could be the initial thrust, but maybe things start to slow down a bit if we get another wave of pandemic or uh, we don't see continued government assistance coming to the fore. So that prediction of a V-shaped recovery um, really is, is kind of cast in doubt. But that's exactly, John, what you would need to really bring a $343 billion deficit back to something normal. And economists don't even know what normal is right now for right. a fiscal deficit, In the, at least over the short term. Like mm. 10 years from now, we could say, well, we should be able to run a balanced budget. But, you know, over the short term, I don't think that's in the cards. You know, you give people advice on investing all the time. Now, uh, keeping aside the fact that some of this money was certainly invested in our healthcare system, which kept people alive. So, yeah, it's a good investment. But from the basically from the economy standpoint, is three hundred fifty three billion too much to spend to, to try and keep the economy float? 
Well, it's a good question, John, right? Because at, at the time we were going through the, you know, the, the crisis stage of this, and, and we're still in crisis, but, you know, think back to the days of March and yeah. early April. We didn't know what you know, was going to hit us. We had no clue. And and if we didn't do something, we would end up with a, you know, depression on our hands. It would be something that could become a long-term uh, ailment to the economy. And so governments rightly and central banks rightly, you know, really pulled out all the stops. I think where you kind of have to step back now and say 10 years from now when there's no pandemic, hopefully, um, we'll still be dealing with the same things that affects the economy all the time. So, for example, what happens if interest rates start to go up and we now have increased Canada's debt level to half of the economy, which is what's going to happen this year. We're going to have a 49% debt-to-GDP ratio. What happens then, and we've seen what happens when rates start to go up, is that that deficit becomes structural. And I think that's where our listeners kind of have to take a step back and think about the future, because Mm. at some point, most people, most rational people believe that taxes will probably have to go up over the medium term to help pay for the deficit. Some of it will come from the economy, hopefully, but... You can't just rely on the economy to kind of grow out of the size deficit. So I would I would imagine down the road, again, not this year, not next year, we will start to see some type of taxation increases put into place um, in Canada. And that's something for listeners to kind of prepare for, right? That, you know, I might be paying more in taxes, just like I might be paying more interest on my mortgage mm. if rates go up. So I think that's the way we have to look at this. You know, it's not a panic thing, but I think that was a huge number, and I think it gets us thinking of it. Andrew, folks have more question about this and the deficit and how it's going to be handled. Where, where should they go? Well, they can go to our website, John, at pilegroup.ca. Uh, there they'll find links to our research. Uh, they'll find our latest newsletter, so the one that we just referenced last Friday, they can read that. Uh, and all of our contact information is there if they ever want to reach out uh, with any questions. Andrew Piles from uh, the Pile Group, Scotia Wealth Management, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Have a wonderful rest of the week.